Hey, welcome back into the Canucks and Pucks podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Matthew Zader, and uh, joined by my co-host, Dan. Uh, how are you doing to this morning? Well, it's NFL Sunday, so I'm enjoying some football, and uh, but uh, excited to talk some Canucks hockey. Yeah, so I mean, uh, there's been a lot that's gone on this past week, and it seems like it just keeps piling up on until stuff starts happening, and uh, you know the Canucks start making some moves because they are coming, I and mean, it's not like Benning's going to do nothing this offseason. There's going to be a lot that's going to happen, and there's a few things that came out of this week that I want to talk about first before uh, we jump into reversing our roles from last week, where I'll become the GM and uh, you can kind of do some analysis on what I put together, but. I want to first talk about a few things that came out of this last week. Uh, first one was from what I was surprised by um, the athletic uh, Harmon dial came out with a kind of an article on different defense from the Canucks could target. And one rumor that's been kind of going around is, uh, is Ekblad from Florida kind of being available in the Canucks uh, maybe going, taking a run at him. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting piece. So first of all, I mean, that's where all these rumors are coming from. So it's just a, an opinion of, of Harmon's and, and, and a theory, right? So like, yeah. let's not, let's not sit here and go, Oh yeah, that's the Canucks have talked to them and stuff because no, I hate, no. there are some, there are some account feeds out there that are just trash that pick up something like that. And Oh, here's the rumor. Right. Yeah. And it's not a rumor. That's no, there's no NHL trade rumor on no. this. This is, this is clearly, <laughs> this is clearly just speculation, but I think it's good speculation in the sense of Ekblad is a really good, um, defenseman, obviously he's, I think he's hit 50 points a couple times. Um, uh, but again, I think where I come from is you are changing the dynamic of your team completely. If you're going to trade Brock Besser for him, yeah, basically yeah. the strength of your team and what's given you success and driven the, this upward projection is this top six and this core of, of Pedersen, Besser, Horvat that's been augmented now by Miller and Toffoli. Right. And, and Adam Gaudet's come in and he still has to learn and we'll see what happens there, but you're basically getting rid of that. And again, there's no, there's, I know they've talked about talks have been very um, uh, uh, positive, right. Talks have been really positive between Toffoli and, and Vancouver and, 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 you know, that's not to say in any way, shape or form though, that, that, you know, Toffoli is going to get signed and let's suppose Toffoli doesn't get signed. And now you're down to, you know, 50 goals yeah. out of your lineup. Right. Which is the, you know, so now what do you decide? Okay, well, we're not going to be this offensive driving team. We're going to now have to play a Lomberg defense. It's going to be harder for us to score some goals. That's kind of how I look at that. Like I, th- and I actually, to be honest, if the Panthers are trying to shed salary, really between Besser and, and, and that's like what $1.2 million. So really, I mean, is is $1.2 million really that big a deal to them? No. You know, so I don't know. I mean, I think the theory is, is good, but I I think the Canucks could go for Ekblad. I would actually love it, but I think they could move some different pieces to get him because I think Florida is looking for a bit of a, um, a, a change in their culture too. Yeah, I think, like, I wrote about this in uh, the Canuck Way mailbag uh, that was coming up today, too, and, you know, saying that, you know, with that fly, you're trading Besser away, and I said basically the same thing you just said there is, you know, you're taking away goals, and, uh, you know, Besser's good for 20 goals a season. He didn't hit 20 this past, this season. Someone uh, rudely pointed out that to me, but, I mean, uh, you know, it's kind of, he would have hit 20 if the season would have finished with the 82 games, I think. I think he was on pace for 67 points. Yeah. So, I mean, he would have hit 20. And the thing is, is he's only getting better too. It's not like he's an old man. He's not 30 plus. I mean, you know what? He's going to still improve and you take him out of the lineup and you don't know. We're not sure if Tyler Toffoli is going to be signed and, you know, potentially he may not be too. And all of a sudden you're lost. You're losing to Foley and Besser who's taking their spot. I mean, well, everyone will say Pod Colson and and Hoglander, right? Like but that's, I mean, that's what what you're going to hear. But but there's no guarantee they make the lineup, and there's no guarantee that they'll be 25, 30 goal scores. Like I mean, there's a reason I put them on my third line, right? So that you took that pressure off of them to score, to be that, to fill that offensive hole, right? And 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 I just 
I think that's the real problem is, is again, they, that we've been spoiled as Canucks fans with Hughes, Besser and Pedersen. We've been spoiled with them. And, and, and we just expect, Oh, well now these guys are going to hit. And these guys, there's no guarantee any of these guys are going to hit. Right. I mean, Cole Lind is struggling right now. Yeah. Right. So, or not struggling, but he, you know, like he's, you know, is, is he going to come in and play? Is he going to make the team? Like, I don't know. I just, I just, I, I, I think you go with the sure thing. That, that's how I feel about it is you go with the sure thing, you go with what's working. And um, that's why I wouldn't move Besser. I'm not saying I wouldn't explore the Ekblad trade, but I think there are better pieces or a bit different players that you could potentially move that Florida would be interested in that would, would be just as effective for them. Yeah. And I mean, going from the Ekblad thing, I mean, Matt Dumbo was thrown out there again at uh, this past week too. And, with Brodeen signing that big contract and, you know, yeah, Dumbo's going to be moved. I mean, there's no doubt about that. He will leave Minnesota, but I find that, you know, again, is it a rumor or is it just speculation? It's all speculation at this point as well. I mean, Besser has connections there with home, you know, being a hometown boy there and, you know, and that always gets thrown around. You have a looking at Petra Angelo, he's connected to Toronto because he's a Toronto boy. I mean, if everyone signed with their hometown teams, I mean, <laughs> it'd be ridiculous. So, I mean, yeah, it, I think that's a great, great comment, um, Matt, because I mean, this is, and it starts off with what you said that this is all speculation. Like this is literally people speculating. There is no truth to any of it in terms of, Oh yeah, I've talked to a GM and he said they've inquired and like that this is all pure speculation. And, yeah. and, but what's happening is, is people are, are, are running with it and oh well this is a trade rumor and oh i heard this and 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 of course it's fun to speculate right and there's nothing wrong with speculating but but make sure you label it as such and i mean personally i wouldn't if i was the canucks and i don't mean this disrespectfully i wouldn't touch dumbo with a 10-foot pole no and the reason is is he's a smallish he i know he can sort of drive play but his numbers aren't great. We, you know, I, I read an article that showed that. And more importantly, he's, he's, he might be a, a fourth defenseman, but he, he hasn't been an effective fourth defenseman in terms of helping you, helping you win on a consistent basis. He's, he, he has his warts and the Canucks are looking for a more solid um, contributor that will help improve the team. And I don't, and, you know, again, I don't believe that Dumba is, is the guy that's going to improve, improve the Vancouver Canucks, especially at the expense of, um, um, at, at, at the expense of a Brock Besser. Yeah. And the thing is like, they're saying that uh, Minnesota wants a centerman uh, in the trade and Canucks aren't going to be trading a centerman to them. Um, you know, and you know, you're looking at the centerman that the Canucks could trade. That's a non-starter. They're not going to be trading Bo Horvat or Pedersen or any of these guys to them. So who are they going to look at that? Would you move Goddard? You know, Would you Goddard. move Goddard for him? Would you? I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be inclined. That's, yeah, I mean, same. I wouldn't be inclined either. So, I mean, you, it's – yeah. I don't think I, – I don't – like, I agree with you. I don't think uh, trading to get Dumba is the right trade for this team. I mean, I would definitely just explore that Ekblad trade. I mean, he's 24 years old. He's not I, – I still am kind of stretching the fact that Florida would actually put him on the market. But, I mean – Well, I think, <laughs> I think the problem is this is, a good, this is a better conversation to have. What we're about to get into is – the flat cap has put a lot of teams in a situation where, you know, we know that we know that the Canucks have had some layoffs and, and individuals have, you know, they've had to, to shrink their, their staff. Um, we know that um, teams are struggling. I mean, the, the, the coyotes can't pay people right now. No. There are people who aren't getting paid right now. Um, you know, maybe Florida is in a similar situation. I don't know. Um, I just know that, if you're trying to shed salary so that you can stay afloat, then, you know, there's a chance that as much as you want to keep Ekblad at the end of the day, Florida hasn't gotten anywhere with him. Now, that's, that's not to say another team true. won't, but they've got three really bad contracts and they can't move those. And so the only player they could move that they could potentially get some help for um, is Ekblad. And that's what Harmon's getting at. Right. Like yeah. that's his, yeah. you know, and I think that's a reasonable take on it. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, 
so I think that for the for the Panthers, what they have to look at is they have to look at getting more depth, right? Because they have they have decent decent a decent team with Barkov, Huberto, but they do need some depth. I feel, and yeah. um, you know you have to trust your system and and you have to move some things along. So again, I think that if you could pick up a you know a, you know a, a, a you know a twenty goal winger, maybe another another like ten goal third fourth line center and and pick up that keeps your your expenses down instead of paying a guy seven million on the maybe the cap but i think there's there's a lot of of uh you know um contract there i I think that there's the opportunity for them to um to save some money that way and and still stay competitive in in their division yeah, and the thing is, is they, they got two guys like Dadenoff and Hoffman are both free agents coming up too, and they were two of their top scorers. So it, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to be able to re-sign them. And, and that's they're in a tough position with all their defense. So many of their defensemen taking up so much of their cap space, and they're not young defensemen either that are taking up that cap space. And it's, yeah, it's going to be tough to move those guys. I, like you said, it's Ekblad's going to be the most marketable asset that they'll be able to do. Um, but to, again, taking salary back too. And like we were saying about Besser getting traded there, it's, they're not saving much cap space. That's their goal to save yeah. the cap space. It's, it's not really saving them much. So, well, and it's money too, right? I mean, it's yeah. just pure money, right? $5.8 million. So they're not really saving there. And, and again, like, and I'm, I'm, this is just, this isn't even speculation. I'm just throwing this name out there to kind of, to kind of put in perspective, if you're looking for a winger that can come in and maybe score 20 goals, that's maybe you talk about Jake Vertanen and you do a yeah. sign trade type thing. Cause you know, he can get 18 to 20 and maybe playing with Barkoff or Huberto will be a, will be a, a positive thing for him to stay in the top six. Like I'm, and I'm, of course I'm not advocating anything like that. I'm just, I'm getting to a thing I'm getting to, to try and help understand like, yeah, he's going to get two and a half, $3 million. That's far more palatable for them to take $4 million off the salary, bring back a 20 goal, potential 20 goal scorer or a 20 goal scorer. If you want to look at it that way, um, that, that is the sort of trade that I believe that they would be looking at. That's all. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm not saying that there will be. I don't want anyone to take it out of context. Don't sit there and say, oh, there's a rumor. There's no rumor. No. Just, that's the type of player they'd be looking at, right? Yeah, I think so, too. They're not going to be trying to take back a lot of money. They're going to be taking back a guy that's not under a huge cap hit and has potential to add to their depth. Yeah, maybe get a pick with it. Happen. Maybe get a pick with it yeah. or something like that, right? So, right. you know, a third rounder. And again, like there's there's better wingers out there that they could probably get for that value too, right? So, yeah, you know. And Ekblad's yeah. going to – they put him on the market. There's going to be plenty of teams looking at him and, hey, you know, he's not like – he's yeah. small fish, so. <laughs> yeah, no, no, exactly. There's going to be a lot of teams. But then who has this cap space that, that's to do that? Simple. And I think this goes into, you know, what, what we talked about, and it was in your article. And I think it was, was well said about, you know, your Petra Angel article. I really liked it, um, not because I agree with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it was well thought out, right, in that, in that you know, letting, again, letting Tanev and Markstrom go, giving you $10 million in cap space. Um, the Canucks are in a position where they can then be in a position of we can move other assets and we, you know, it's not going to hurt us. Right. So um, yeah, I think, you know, for that, for those rumors there um, that are out there right now, I think there's a lot of just speculation and, and people hoping. And I mean, all of a sudden, you know, we've heard like Brandon Sutter, because again, someone mentioned um, it was JD Burke mentioned, you know, Sutter to Buffalo or something. And so people are like, oh, yeah, no, Sutter to Buffalo. And it's like, we have no clue. Like, we literally have no clue what's going on. So, yeah, Yeah. all it is is speculation. And there have been some signings and trades already. And, you know, look at Edmondson to Montreal there. They they traded him and then signed him right away. There are some moves that couldn't happen. But all in all, it's all speculation right now. And there's no real truth to any of it i mean it's not like anyone's talked to gms and knows oh yeah it's imminent it's not and it's fun to speculate about all this and that's why we write articles that's why we are on podcasts it's it's fun and uh and that's what it is but none of it's based on any <laughs> sort of concrete uh fact exactly so yeah uh, exactly we'll and that's 
yeah, and I think that's a really that's really well said. And hopefully, as as we some sanity comes back into the the the, the conversation here, and then and then go from there. Yeah, that's right. So I mean, that's a good segue to kind of go into, uh, you know, switching roles here, where I'll become. Alrighty, here here we go. So I'm going to be the the host now. So so welcome to Canucks and Pucks podcast here. So. Uh, Matt's uh, becoming the GM of the Canucks. He, he, he knows the score. He's wrote a couple articles about it. So Matt, maybe we can, uh, uh, with your team, maybe we can start um, in terms of, uh, I was hoping we could start with the defense because it seems to be the most uh, volatile and, and talkative um, aspect of the Canucks offseason here. Maybe we can talk about the defense and kind of what your thoughts are. We know your article about Petrolangelo was was out, but uh, what we'll do is we'll let you have the floor here and talk about it, and uh, let's see where we're at. Yeah, so I mean, I did write that article on Petrolangelo, and uh, I went a different direction just to kind of switch things up uh, instead of just repeating a team that we went through in your uh, edition of this. And um, my first move was a trade. Um, I traded uh, Jake Bertanen at third round pick to the New Jersey Devils for Damon Steverson uh, was my first move there. I, I did do it as uh, the rights to Vertanen, but I think now rethinking a little bit, I'm thinking it's a be better as a sign and trade for value on their end. So, but that was my first move uh, getting Steverson from the New Jersey Devils, very dependable defenseman kind of been talked about uh, with Ray Ferraro there. He kind of talked about the Canucks potentially uh, moving forward on him. Uh, he has a 4.16 cap hit, uh, a little bit. Um, it's not as crazy as what Petrangelo would be demanding. He's definitely not the same caliber defenseman, but you look at his numbers over the last few years, he's been very dependable two-way defenseman, great penalty killer, has a great shot on the power play, I think, and he's a right-hand shot too. So I think he would be a pretty good partner for Quinn Hughes. Uh, obviously, you know, I, I didn't retain Chris Tanev, and uh, I know probably a lot of people will be like, oh, why didn't you keep Tanev? At, but, I, I, you know, I didn't keep him. Uh, I'm bringing in Jack Rathbone, Olia Levy in there. Uh, I re-signed Troy Stetcher, um, put a bit up on his salary. I don't know if he's going to be getting more than $3 million. I put him at $3 million. Um, I think Stetcher's the younger, uh, you know, younger option than Tanev. He's less injury-prone, and I think that's that's a better to me. I think Stetcher is a better, you know, option for right now. And then of course kept Edler and Myers um, got them, and I kept and Jordy Ben is still on the roster as the quote I'd say it's eighth defenseman, I guess. So that's my defense. So talk about um, Severson then, um, and and why you feel that that's a, a good fit. Um, I know, like I, I, I heard Ray Ferro just again. He just speculated. He was just saying, "Hey, this is someone I would target, right?" So yeah. why would you also target him? What, what, what is it that you like about him, his game? Well, I looked at I looked at his underlying stats, and a lot of it was like he's a pretty good play driver on a team that wasn't that good last season. In the last few seasons, he's been a pretty good. Uh, you know, he's a penalty killer. He's a great penalty killer. He's he can play the power play as well. I mean, he's got a pretty good shot from the point which I think the Canucks have been missing you know, over the years. And, you know, he was a great quarterback. And, you know, Severson, he may play on that top unit with him, or he may, you know, you put him on the second unit. He's got, again, he's got that great shot that team, you have to kind of respect. Um, biggest thing to me, I think he's a very reliable uh, two-way guy. And uh, being that penalty killer and uh, that he can replace kind of in that role and, I think, and his cap hit is not ridiculous. He's also pretty, he's not an old, older player as well. So I find he would be a pretty good fit on the team. And like I said before, he's not the same caliber as Petrangelo, obviously, but uh, I think he would upgrade the defense a little bit. Yeah, you said you you kept Stetcher as well. I've always yeah. viewed him as kind of like the poor man's Dumba in that. Um, the rationale behind keeping Stetcher is is what? I mean, I, like I said, I like I like how we kind of developed over this past season and in the towards the end of the season and uh, the playoffs. He probably played his best hockey, maybe a little stretched in his role as uh, playing in that top four. But I mean, 
I still think he's very underrated, just like Severson, very underrated defenseman. And he's still got a few years um, still in the league that he's still not really hit his ceiling either. And like you said, poor man's Dumba. And I think he's still a good fit on this team. And, you know, in the end, I don't know if he's going to stay here, but on my team, he's here. Okay. So um, what would your six be then, your starting six on defense? So I got Hughes and Severson on the top unit there. Uh, Edler Myers is my second pairing. Uh, Jack Rathbone uh, is going to be with Stetcher on the on the third. Aoli Alevi is the seventh. He can maybe switch up with Rathbone at times, but uh, and then Jordy Ben's my eighth defenseman. There you go. I like it. That's very good. So now on the forward uh, core, then how did you um, how have you got this set up? So it's the same top six as uh, as we've been going for the last few uh, months here. Uh, the lotto line with Miller, Pedersen, and Besser. Uh, second line, Pearson, Horvat, and Toffoli. Resigned Toffoli at $4.5 million. It's been kind of thrown out there that he is mulling that as, as something he'd resign for. I mean, maybe low in some people's minds that he maybe demanded that 5-6 around Brock Besser's number there. But I put him at 4.5 uh, for the top six there. This is where it gets a little interesting for my bottom six. And kind of one change I made, we got, well, I got Niels Hoglander in that third uh, winger spot. Signed Miko Koivu from the Minnesota Wild uh, for the third line center uh, at $2 million. I don't know if that's what a value he'll be at, but I think he'd be a great uh, veteran centerman for the Canucks. And, you know, that guy that can win faceoffs, be a matchup guy. And he's obviously not the goal scorer he used to be, uh, top line center he used to be. But I still think he's got a role to be that type of a guy that could score some goals, depending on, you know, chemistry and stuff, you know, playing with a guy like Hoglander. And I've switched, shifted Adam Gaudet to the wing, um, re-signed him as an RFA. I don't know if this this number is too high for him. I am at $3 million. Um, And, uh, you know, Gaudet on that that right wing spot in the center of the center ice, because his face-offs are still suffering, I think. Koivu as that third line center um, definitely helps out that bottom six. Uh, and then my fourth line kept Roussel. I got Beagle as the centerman. Tyler Mott re-signed at 1.2 million. And uh, Zach McEwen re-signed a million for that uh, extra forward spot. He kind of switches in and out. Uh, so that's, I, I, my, that's my forward group. Okay, so the first thing is your Adam got it's way too high at three million. You can probably get him for one point eight. So you can probably get him for like one point eight. So I think that's okay. So so what high. do you do with uh okay, so um on the third it's very interesting that you have um have moved Godet to the wing um and have him kinda I would suppose the way you're looking at it, and I'm supposing here, but you're talking about mentoring under Miko Koivu then. Yes. Yeah, so much like yeah. how Miller's taken a lot of draws for Pedersen, but then Pedersen moves right back to center and, and such, right? That's right. Yeah, okay, interesting. And I noticed Jake Vertanen is not on the team. No, he was traded in that Severson deal. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, interesting. And then what was the fourth line again? Fourth line, Roussel, Beagle, and Mott, and McEwen is the extra forward there. There you go. Do you think McEwen will take that spot from uh, Roussel? Do you think that possibility exists? I definitely see that possibility. And Roussel, again, has – I think he could be moved uh, depending on that. But, uh, but yeah, McEwen definitely has that chance to kind of push him out of the lineup and play that, uh, that wing spot. Interesting. And so in goal, then, you have – So I didn't re-sign uh, Jacob Markstrom. I kept Thatcher Demko as the starter and uh, signed Ryan Miller coming back to Vancouver as the mentor veteran wow. backup. So, wow. <laughs> Holy. That's, that's how old is he now? He's like, I'm not what his actual, didn't look that up, but I mean, did play last year. See, he played for he Anna. 40. He is 40. He's 40. Wow. <laughs> That's a that's a bit of a uh, that's interesting. The like that you would rely on him, but I mean, in case Demko went down. Yeah, um, the thing is, is I still think Miller has a bit of more game in him uh, to play, and I think coming back to a team that he's familiar familiar with. I know he wasn't here when uh, Travis Green was coach, but uh, mm -hmm. you know he is familiar with some of the players, and 
and the city and stuff. So, I mean, I think he'd still be a good stopgap. And uh, it's maybe a bit of a risk to sign him, but I was just signed him at a million uh, one-year deal. So, uh, yeah, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if he retires or not. Yeah. It's interesting <laughs> because I know DiPietro had a solid year in the AHL, and, and I'm not sure if the AHL is going to play either. Right. Like I think yeah. there's a chance that the AHL won't play. And so now you've got um, a bunch of, of players that need developing and, you know, they're not going to be able to develop in, um, in the American hockey league. So where do they develop or does the NHL swallow that bullet and help support the, those teams in the, in the AHL to give their, t- their players the, 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 what they need to develop. Right. Um, yeah. it's, it's a, it's an interesting conundrum because I, I wonder if, um, you know, and I'm wondering how you see this. I, I wonder if the um, uh, if if players like Di Pietro and and some other players that they might throw down to the minors instead um, stay um, up and play with the team or practice with the team just so they can get you know some hockey in that way. Yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting thing because you know you look at the AHL and it, there hasn't been much talk about what's going to happen there and. Yeah, these guys have to play. It's not like they're going to be sitting. You don't want them sitting around going, waiting. So, you know, what am I going to do? And they can't be doing that. And there's already been rumors and, you know, talk about, you know, them potentially going to Europe and playing on, you know, some of the European teams and taking loans and, you know, for a couple months or whatever. And that's going to be an interesting development as we keep going forward because some of these young guys, like, they have to be playing, especially the NCAA as well. Like, they're not playing until probably January-ish, and uh, they have to play too. So you're going to see some of that kind of going forward, I think, and it's going to be interesting to follow, that's for sure. Yeah, because I know, like, for the prospects, like, you know, we know Hoglander's over there. Um, you know, I don't want to even talk and get into the pod calls and things. It, it just drives <laughs> me back. It drives me I wanted to actually um, talk about that a bit, but yeah. Yeah, we, we we will. Yeah, but but I, I want to stay on your on your roster in that yeah, because yeah. and and what I what again you know like like these players have to play, and they need to develop, and they're not going to develop by not playing. And and I think the NHL is just in a really unique position and situation. And like I said, I wonder if the NHL is going to uh, maybe create a another bubble or space where the AHL teams can play. Right. and you know get get that development in but like you know when i when i look at your roster like again it's a solid roster i i i i i'm personally not sold on stetcher but your defense is still really solid bone you know um uh, i don't know if he's the odds on favorite to make the team but i think he would be the best choice because of his ability to move the puck he plays a similar game to quinn hughes and we've seen the success that Quinn Hughes has had, um, you know, uh, I think that he can step in and do that. Um, the one thing I like about your lineup is, is the definitely the depth um, on the, on the, on the third line, because I think what that gives the Canucks is legitimate, legitimate three lines of, of scoring, which, which we know is the strength of the team. So um, I just, that's an interesting, uh, interesting scenario. And it's a, it's a, what's the cap hit for your team then? What's the, what's their cap hit? So if I take that Godette salary a bit down, so they got to, if I make them at like 2 million, which is kind of maybe more realistic, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I have about a million or so I in cap space. Nice. Which, which you can use if there's any LTIR, if there's anything else that you need to do. Yeah. Well, there, there's another thing so. I did was put Perlin on the LTIR. So. Oh, you have to. Yes. You absolutely have to. In fact, I'd be shocked if he plays again. Yeah. Uh, really, I mean that sincerely. I, I, I would be shocked. And if anybody hears this and knows him, like, like no offense, but, but his family and his daughters and his children need him. His wife needs him. You know, just yeah. just you know, just so you know, and I, I'm pretty confident that the Canucks will make the right choice and, and help him out that way, you know, financially in that. So, um, but that's yeah. good. I, I like yeah, that's good. I like your team. I don't know what else to say. I like you know, you know how I feel about the top, um, and maybe this is a good transition then into Pod Colson because yeah. we know that when his contract is up in the KHL, he will be coming here. Um, this is absolutely crazy what's going on in the KHL with him right now fourth line minutes and he's getting six minutes plus that's about yeah. it 
today he had eight minutes, but I mean, like it, it's, and I just wanted to shout out to uh, Chris Faber uh, from Canuck Army for all that updates because uh, it, it's great to have uh, have those updates and Fantu Abby as well, who we had, I, I had him. on the yeah. podcast his earlier. Post. He's oh, a great guy too. And yeah. those two yeah. together, thanks so much for those updates because, you know, not all of us have the time to watch the games and, like I, you know, I I still have a day job. I still work uh, eight hour days and can't watch those games in the morning. And uh, so thanks, thanks to you two guys for uh, for providing those updates because it's very much appreciated. Yep. Yeah, well, they're two great guys too. I've had them both on the podcast, yep. so uh, I know, I know. Favors, favors a, a a gent, and hopefully, uh, I haven't met uh, uh, fan Stabby yet, but I'd love to meet that guy because he's. Uh, he, he, he does a great job too. So, um, but yeah, I just, what, what's your thoughts then on the pod calls? It's insane. And I, I find like, you know, I know like there's kind of been speculation that, uh, you know, he's being strong arm into re-signing. That's why he's getting the less ice time. I don't know if that's true. I'm not saying that was, that's true at all, but I mean, it's, it's just, you know, he's a young player and usually the KHL is not kind to young players that, in the fact that they don't give him a lot of opportunity. But, you know, from a Canucks standpoint, you look over there and you're like, well, this guy's our top prospect. He's playing less than 10 minutes a game. We can't do anything about it. Like, we can't pull him out of that situation because he's under contract. Uh, it must be frustrating for a guy like, you know, you know, the head of the, you know, Chris Higgins and those, uh, those guys looking over there, Ryan Johnson and, and saying, you know what, like this guy, I mean, yes, he's coming over soon, but it must be frustrating to kind of watch, uh, you know, watch him play that little. And, uh, and the, you know, admittedly, the time he has played, he's driving play like crazy. Like, Faber's been uh, tracking his Corsi uh, numbers and his possession numbers, and it's always ridiculously high. So I don't know why, as a coach, you wouldn't be like, oh, well, you know, we want to win. You got to play your best players and your best guys that are going to make the chance to win. And it doesn't seem like they're doing that. Yeah. It's, it's um, the KHL is, is a real funny league because we know that that still playing there and, and, and playing well. I think old Obens play pretty good over there right now. Linden um, Bay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Linden Bay. I mean, it's not, it's not bad talent right now. It's actually pretty reasonable talent that that's playing there right now. And they're playing, I believe in front of live crowds, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. when I watch the highlights and that, but, um, you know, for, for a guy like pod Coles and, and, and you're the Canucks, like you said, um, what I find maddening about it is that, you know, and, and I don't know, I agree with you. I don't know if it's, they're trying to strong arm him into another contract when they know full well, he's going to go to the NHL. That's just it. I mean, why would you, why would that mean this kid has, there's no reason for him to play another season in the KHL. No. Literally, literally, literally none. Like he's going to come and play in the NHL. They're like you know, and and he'll play for the Canucks. So the 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 thought process of well, we're going to strong arm him. I you know, it just seems to me more so that that you know the coach um, just you know, and we see it with coaches. They outcoach themselves. They have players they like. They have players they lean on. And and I wonder if that's a bigger part of it. And and maybe yeah. there is the 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 the, the contract side of it, but. You know, if, if you're a coach and you're you're trying to, to win, right, coaches don't worry about some of those other things. I'm not saying that that isn't happening for sure. I'm definitely not saying that that isn't happening. It just, it's just, again, we saw it with, with Travis Green. And, you know, I, I do shudder to wonder um, where the Canucks would be had he gone with the lotto line and Toffoli with, with, yeah. uh, with, with, uh, with Pearson and Horvat right away. Right. Yeah. And, 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 you know, like, like, and we know that, that Markstrom's injured, but you know, all oh, they want to fight through it. Like you, you got to play your best lineup and not because you think it will work, you know, and, and put guys, you know, well, we need to have a checking line or we need to have some of those things. So I, I think it's interesting that here's pod Coles and, and the Canucks, you know, um, they want him to play. I think the coach there is just, just this is the best lineup I have. This is the lineup I'm going to go with, and this gives me the best chance to succeed, regardless of how Pod Colson, because he's a young kid. And so there might even be some of the thinking, he's a young kid, he'll get his time, but right now it's these guys. It's the veterans' times. Do, yeah. you know, do you know what I'm getting at? I wonder if that is a big part of it. 
I I tend to agree. I mean, I think that could be a big part of it. You see see him get benched a lot of the time in the third periods, and and that's happened with coaches where they don't trust certain guys. They're like, well, he's a young guy. But the thing is, is Todd Colson's a great two-way player. Like he's a great defensive player too. It's not like he's a yeah. liability out there. Yeah. Well, he's fast. So, I mean, he can skate. Yeah. So I don't know if that's that's a case of. I think it's just the case of they. they you know, the coach doesn't trust him enough to put him in those key situations. He's not even on the top power play unit, I don't think. Uh, he's on the second power play unit, maybe. And, you know, the way that he plays the game, and I find that if I was the coach, I'd be like, this is not Canuck bias at all. This is looking at the pure talent of the guy. And I would be playing him a lot more. And, you know, you look at his underlying stats and the fact that he pushes play a lot of the time is not when he's on the ice. I yeah. find you know, it's like a no brainer. I would be playing him a lot. And I think Travis green, when he does get him in the lineup, I think he's going to warm up to him quite fast because of that fact. I think he'd be a great guy to be on both Horvath's line as that play driver too. Yeah. I, I wonder about that. I also wonder, no offense. I also wonder if, if he does come, um, how well he would do with the Goddard Hoglander, like mm-hmm. the two of them, right. Cause they play the off wings. They play the sep- opposite wings. Um, we know Gaudet is a, is a playmaker. He's a goal scorer. He's that, you know, he's not a checking center. That's not who he is. He's, he, he plays offensively. That's just the type of game he plays. And, and I wonder with pod Coles and how that might, you know, play out number one, but number two, like you said, you know, you're, you're playing with, with two pluggers down there and you're on the fourth line and you're getting, you know, six to eight minutes a game. Um, very, very tough to, to get into a rhythm and I always wonder why, um, you know, maybe some other people can answer this, but I always wonder why NHL teams don't try and buy out the remainder of those contracts, right? I don't understand yeah. why they don't try and buy those contracts out or pay the, pay the price for that. And, and, you know, because it won't count against the hit or against the cap, no. right? It's not going to hit your cap. Um, and then you can, you can move things, you can move things forward after that. But that's, I mean, that's why Pod Colson was, was, he kind of fell in the draft and that's why he, he, he kind of went to Vancouver at number 10, because this is exactly the scenario that, that, that GMs are worried about that, that a guy who plays in Russia like this, who, who's got all this talent, you know, he, he's just not playing. And so it's really hard to say whether he's developing or not. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I think it's some kind of, it is an agreement between the, you know, I don't know what type of agreement the NHL has with that KHL. They don't think they have one. Uh, and they have to play out a contract, and that's the problem. And I think they have to put something. I don't think the KHL is going to go for it at all, it, having that ability to buy him out and say, well, you know, we're going to pay out the rest of this contract. We want this guy over in, in North America. And I don't know if that will ever come to pass, that type of an agreement. But well, I think teams would be dumb over there would be dumb not to do it. I mean, let's yeah. not – Let's not let's not um, you know forget that the KHL struggles financially. It just they definitely does, do right. They've got a couple teams that do well, but for the most part, most of them struggle. They get by. You know, they love their hockey and that, but it's not the National Hockey League. It's not the same marketing. It's not the same uh, dollars like any of those things. So, um, you know that you know they they got to figure you know how to how to increase their revenue there. But if you're a team that's that's either that's either struggling financially or you know there are some challenges, right? Um, you know, when an NHL team comes and says, "Look, we offer to to uh, buy your, um, you know, we offer to to buy out that contract and give you some cash for it," I think some of those teams might consider that because it'll help them to to survive and get by. That's true, and I mean, that, just putting the shoe on the other foot and looking at you know, if you're a KHL team as a GM or whatever, and, you know, a guy from their team gets drafted by the NHL, you're like, well, we just lose a potential star player. And it's, it's must be frustrating for them too. And the fans over there, because, you know, they get a star player. We're only going to watch them for maybe two seasons or maybe not at all. And then they're gone. And it, it is, I mean, I would be frustrated as a fan if I was a fan of the KHL and, you know, this team, they keep poaching our players and, you know, I, I think just playing that role, I think I think it is frustrating to do for that. But in the end, they're not the same caliber of league. And there are, you know, players they want to play in the best league in the world. And the NHL is it. 
Yeah, I've, I've heard that argument too, that, you know, there are some, some players of the uh, Swedish elite league that feel, or, or fans, sorry, fans of the Swedish elite league, they feel the same way. They, they're, they're frustrated, you know, they, they you know, they want to keep their, their talent there. Um, but, the, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the country, uh, or I shouldn't say the country, the players want to play in the best league in the world. Yeah. And the best league in the world is the NHL. And that's where they're going to make the most money as well. I mean, Pod Colson comes over and lights it up here. And let's say he gets an $8 million contract and becomes one of the best wingers that, that plays in the NHL. I mean, why, why is he, why, why would you say, well, we know we want him to stay in Russia and, and only earn, you know, a couple million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Like there's, there's a, you know, <laughs> like, like there, there's that aspect to it. So, you know, I, 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 I see where um, I, I definitely see, you know, what the fans are saying. Um, but at the end of the day, these players, and I remember Patterson was a big one. I remember there was, there was a few people on um, that we, that I spoke to on, on Twitter um, from Sweden that were just, just so angry that he um, was, was, was traded to, to or that Van, he was going to go to Vancouver and he was just, they were angry about it, but because they love the way he plays. Right. Yeah. And I, I get that. I, I understand that. But at the end of the day, I mean, you, you know, you saw Pedersen's comment when that one guy said, you wish you stayed in Sweden. I mean, you know, <laughs> the death stare. So, you know, they want to come and play in the NHL and it's something that they'll have to, you know, the, the fans will have to come to grips with. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. And it's always going to keep happening. And, you know, in the past, it's happened. You know, the Sedins were over there uh, doing the same thing. You had Marcus Naslin, the same thing, and Forsberg, all those guys. And they all performed ridiculously well over there. And I'm sure every fan that saw them, like, yeah, they're going to the NHL. And I think a lot of fans that did, you know, come to grips with the fact that, of course, there's going to be always ones that aren't going to ever accept that. And but again, that's they want to play over here, and you see that's where they, like you said, make the most money. They get the stardom, uh, yeah. and that's what it is. <laughs> well, you think Alice Ovechkin would trade any other things that he did? And and again, oh. I understand that they want to play in Russia. I really, really do. It's just that they, at the end of the day, um, or they want them to stay in Russia, I should say. But at the end of the day, the players want to be here, and and you know, to to, to have a shot at. Uh, at a championship. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how that, that plays out, but I, I would love for them, you know, full circle in our conversation. And, you know, the whole reason we're talking like this is, you know, I would love for the NH, you know, for the NHL to come to an agreement with the KHL to have the option to buy out contracts and to buy those, buy them out to give, to have the opportunity to either get a player over or, 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 um, you know, re-sign a player. And, and I just think that that would be a, a great option. Um, just because it, I think what it would, what it does is it gives the, um, uh, it, it definitely gives your, um, the more flexibility yeah. in, in your roster and being able to, to help yourself out, especially when, when injuries ravage a, a team. Um, I think that being able to go and, and get some players that, that even in the KHL, they probably would be okay and comfortable with, um, you know, a lot of players would want to come here as well. Yeah. And, and looking at the other side, uh, Nils Hoglander played, his first game as well the other day and and he yeah, was two apples. a nice time too yeah I mean, but two apples two assists yeah yeah, yeah. and he got yeah. some he got a couple assists two secondary ones but i mean the yeah. points are points um yeah. and you know he played 11 minutes and on the fourth line he kind of was juggled up and down there but you know and he didn't play he played on the first line in the preseason in the last preseason game and and you know, it, it, I saw some frustration on Twitter, you know, kind of so why is he on the fourth line now? And, uh, but I mean, in the end, you know, kind of some of the fans from Rogel there, and I don't know if I'm saying their name, their team's name correctly, but uh -huh. uh, some of the fans are saying, well, you know what? Our third line is, our fourth line is like our third line. And, you know, Hoglander is, they're kind of defending the fact that Hoglander is not a bad player. It's just how their lineup is constructed and, and that he's not, it's not because he's, you know, he's not trusted. It's because of how they're, what their roster's like. And you can tell, maybe they're a deep team maybe. And, you know, again, we don't know all the players over there. They do more than us. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it's. No, I think that's maybe, a really good point because, because there's a lot more that goes into this that we don't know. I mean, we don't follow those leagues as much as we follow these ones. Um, the other thing that people forget about or sometimes forget about the, um, uh, about uh, Hoglander's contract is his contract has an out clause. The yeah. out clause is as soon as the NHL training camp starts, he's gone, he's out of there. 
So he's playing right now just until the, the training camp starts in December and then he's gone and he's yeah. back here and, and he's playing for them. So. Yeah. And that's the one thing about Hoglander is he's only, he's on that type of contract and he's not stuck in that. You no, know, he has to play a year more. And that's, and that's the difference between that. And that has to come into play too. Like we can't really, you know, load our, our expectations on this guy because he's not going to be here for very long. So it's that has to come to play too for for the coaching staff as well i think yep so. i i agree with you and i and i think that that is one of those things that we're going to um see a little bit more of i think we're going to see a little more um uh of that uh, uh you know these creative contracts especially yeah. with covid right now i think uh, covid causes a lot of is causing a lot of challenges for organizations and you know, maybe this is a good, maybe this is a good um, segue into Gary Bettman's comments too about uh, December, January and what they are hoping to accomplish with the, uh, with, with the rollout, because it does affect not only the Canucks, but it affects, um, you know, the whole West. We know the world juniors is getting a, yeah. you know, they're going into a bubble in Edmonton for that. Um, yeah. So, you know, um, you know, uh, it, Maybe you can comment on Gary Bettman and, and you know, kind of what his, his thoughts are for the, the season here. So, I mean, it, it's going to be an interesting, like, you know, December, January, and you know, to start the NHL season around there again. And it's not much, really not a lot of break here between, I mean, there's a huge break for some teams. I mean, they have, some teams haven't played since March, and it's going to be crazy for those guys to kind of get back into the rhythm of things compared to, you know, the Stanley Cup champions who, you know, they've just played and they're just going to get maybe a month or something and and then they're playing again. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, teams like Detroit and you know, those teams that kind of played, didn't play for so long, how long it's going to take for them to hit the ground running. And I think this, this is going to be an interesting time. I, nothing's really solidified yet. They got plans. They got stuff like that but i don't know it all it'll all depend on how COVID is still going on at that time i think uh, it's yeah. gonna be interesting to see what type of you know bubbles they're gonna have to create because they're gonna have 31 teams having to play so it's gonna be really interesting yeah i, I was i was looking at the way that he kind of explained it and i think how he did was i think they want to start with bubbles and then slowly move out to having some fans in the stands and mm -hmm. then slowly moving out to getting back to normal and they don't want to play too deep into into um into the summer so yeah, he probably said he didn't thinking, like summer <laughs> yeah yeah so pretty much i think they're you know if they, if it plays out starting in january i mean they're not going to do then the other thing is it's not an 82 game schedule so you know and as a lot of nfl fans know even week one is is really important in the nfl i mean just yeah. having the ability to um to get off to good starts and it let's say we get a condensed 40 for 42 or say 50 game 52 game schedule whatever it is right whatever schedule they come up with right you get off to a really hot start and let's say you're Detroit and you haven't played but your guys are going and you guys just find yourself on like a, a 12 and 2 or 12 and 5 run or whatever it is you're in a really good spot to make the playoffs at that point because there's not many games left, right? You only have to go like 500 the rest of the way. You get off to a really bad start to start, start this season. And you all of a sudden have to go like 20 and, and five or something just yeah. to make the playoffs, right? Like it's a big deal. So, so it's not going to be like um, the normal regular season where you can get off to a bad start. Like the, the like the blues did two years ago and then go on a, a, a 30 game, you know, you know, 30 game run where all of a sudden you, 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 you put yourself into a position where you make the playoffs and win a Stanley cup it's not you're not going to have that this this what's upcoming and then of course with the bubble and then moving out to regular teams and, and getting back to, to fans and such it, it's a big deal it really is a huge huge deal so um you know i think what gary's talking about teams need to be aware of that and i think your point about about teams who haven't played for a while they're going to be in like some you know really 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 good shape like they're yeah. going to be in like really, really good shape because they're going to be healthy. They're going to be motivated. They're going to be hungry. Um, some of these teams have been playing in the bubble. 
uh, and they go back to the bubble life, I think it'll be hard for some of them. I think they're going to be like, uh, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe. Uh, I don't know. You know. <laughs> well, I know Horvat had come out after that and said it was tough. And, yeah. uh, you know, and of course, I mean, we have no idea how, how it all went down in there. And it's, it must have been tough to be away from family, not be able to go. I mean, there's no real road trips and, uh, you know, you're always stuck in the same area. There's no way, you know, to kind of, you know, kind of go around and get away from the game. And it it, it, it was probably tough. And it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, those guys that I was going to say it's an advantage for them because they know the atmosphere, they know how it goes. But I don't yeah. know, like you're saying, I, I'm not sure it would be. Well, I think a team, you know, and and this is where I think like a team like Ottawa, who's going to get like three first round picks. And I mean, you're going to get some kids here coming out of this draft that are, I mean, what are they doing right now? All these players, they're all working out. Like The players that have been eliminated from the bubble, they're right back at it, working out, trying to get better. Um, You know, they're, you know, it's not going to be as much downtime for them, but a lot of these teams are going to be very, conscious about the this 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 shortened season and the ability to get off and and want to want to get off to a good start in their careers as well so i think that actually can benefit a lot of these teams i think buffalo i mean buffalo the last two seasons has gotten off to really good starts and then they fade yeah right but but buffalo (laughs) yeah yeah but if buffalo gets off to a really hard hot start and puts themselves in a playoff it, it can change the, the, not only the perception, but the, the attitude of the team, Yeah, you know? So, so I think that, that that's a big part of, of what we're going to be looking at when we get back into the, into the, you know, the bubble and then, and then back into the, the fans NHL. And, and I think that, you know, teams have to be prepared and, and they probably have an idea of what they want to do, but um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a fun one. That's for sure. Yeah. What's going to be interesting too is like, you know, Seattle's going to start playing next, not this coming, but the next season after that. And that's going to come into play much sooner than, uh, yeah. you know, than it would have been. Yeah. Um, you know, you got the trade deadline's going to happen a lot faster. You know, you get off to that slow start and you're already having to think about, oh, we may have to, you know, trade a few guys out of here a lot sooner than you would already. Um, yeah. You know, that's going to, that discussion's going to happen a lot faster. And, you're having to think about the you know the expansion draft coming up too and that's going to come into play in this offseason as well well i think the expansion draft is yeah i think yeah no i think the expansion draft is going to play a huge factor in this offseason that's that's why that's why i i'm very convinced mentally that 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 teams are not going to be signing players to big contracts with no movement clause or like they're just the the expansion draft is going to dictate a lot and and that's why i think some players like petrangelo who wants 9.25 he may only get eight (laughs) well he may only get eight right right. and that's just simply because of a flat cap and and an expansion draft so then maybe he does go back to st louis after all right but those are the things that that i I think are gonna uh, play into this and it just it just really complements your your point there I think too is like that's I think something that people are forgetting. They're stuck in the oh yeah, Patrick's gonna get an eight year, nine million dollar a year deal. I, like, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean I agree. he's not getting that long term contract. Teams are not gonna want to put that much investment into a guy when this is the flat cap and the uncertainty of the expansion draft and putting that type of a you know heavy loaded contract onto your and onto your team. It's I don't think that's happening. It's not happening for anyone really. Yeah. There's going to be yeah. those short term one, two year deals, maybe max four, I think, but you're not going to see the craziness that we usually see in free agency. And that's just going to change stuff for these big fish. Right. So, well, I think someone was mentioning um, that we could see um, some major moves on restricted free agents. And I actually do agree with that. I yeah. think teams are far more willing to part with second round picks and, and, and such for these um for this and and i and i and i think that that's where we're gonna we, i think we're this is the first time we're actually gonna see play, um restricted free agents get offered more yeah. than free agents and 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 again the, the league continues to move younger and continues to have these stars come up and and the best years in a lot of these players now are in their 
you know, like 23, 24 to, to 28, 29. So I know free agency is, it, you know, players get into the free agency around 26 or 27, I believe it is when they kind of, some do it at 25, but most of them are around 26, 27. It's going to be hard for, for teams to want to go after someone who's going to be 30 years old. And I yeah. think that that's one of the things for Petra Angelo that, that, that could count against him which goes back to the, the RFA where you might go, you know what, I'll, I'll do a $3 million flyer and a second or a third rounder to that team for a guy like Troy Stetcher, who I know plays really well. He's a solid, you know, he can play in my top four if I need him, but I want him to be a, a solid third liner for my team or a third pairing defenseman. And then I can move him up the lineup if I have to. And I know what I get with the guy. Yeah. No, it's true. And you're looking at, uh, yeah, offer sheets usually don't happen. But I agree with that. That that's definitely something that teams are going to be looking at here, and it's it's much more palatable to go after those guys than signing these big uh, contracts, you know, for guys that are are a little bit older, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's no, really another good. wrinkle to be put into the offseason. That's for sure. Yeah, no, ex exactly. And um, last thing we should talk about because we're, we've been through one game is uh, the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are your What are your impressions? What are your thoughts so far? My gosh, I mean, the Dallas Stars, and like you said, if they decide to play, they sure can do it. And <laughs> uh, you know, Anton Hudobin is becoming a real big story uh, here, and that's something I kind of was thinking about. You know looking at now Ben Bishop could be on the block coming in and they're going to want to re-sign Hudobin for sure. And uh, he's been pretty amazing for them. And now they're three games away from the Stanley cup. So it's going to be interesting to watch this go down the road too. Yeah. I, you know, I, I said this going into the final, um, you know, I talked to a few people, the stars are bigger. They're just as fast. They're healthier. And, and, you know, I know Tampa Bay won their game and they started the, they started it right away, which is just insane in my opinion. Um, the, but the, the lightning are just too injured and they're too small. I mean, again, like I encourage anyone who's listening to this, watch, rewatch game one and notice the size difference between the Dallas stars and the Tampa Bay lightning. And that first goal that Dallas scored was a direct result of just being a bigger player. Like literally just a bigger player crunching a smaller player, turning the puck over and just completely disorganizing the structure of, of the Tampa Bay lightning. And, you know, the four, one score was an indicator of, of the, the play in the game. And to be perfectly honest, it's an indicator of what the series is going to be. It's going to, yeah. I'll be shocked. Honestly, I'll be shocked if Tampa Bay wins a game. And I mean yeah. that sincerely. I just don't see, I don't see how they're capable of physically dominating the the Dallas Stars. Because when your best player and your biggest guy, Victor Hedman, still looks a little smaller compared to some of the yeah. Dallas Stars out there, you're in trouble. Yeah, they they are, and you're looking at, uh, you know, there's some of these guys. Some guys in Dallas have come out of nowhere too. Like who's this Kivaranta? Like he came kind of come out of nowhere. And uh, it's five goals now. I mean, and then yeah. Jamie Alexiak too, defenseman has five. So it's it. They're getting contributions from guys other than Jamie Ben and uh, Tyler Sagan, which that's why they're here. I think that's. I don't think Sagan is still not playing his best. Uh, you know, he's not their best player, and but that's how you win a cup. You need other contributions from other players, and that's what they're getting. Yeah, it's hard to imagine that he was picked right after Taylor Hall and that there was talk that, that Sagan could have went ahead of Taylor Hall and that. But, um, I, you know, I think your point of, of what you're saying is really valid. And, um, you know, we know about who Penny Alexiak is. Uh, her, her, her Olympic um, story is phenomenal. Yeah. But her brother, her brother is, is just dominating out there. Like literally he's, he <laughs> is dominating out there and that's, and I think that's what everybody was hoping uh Triamkin could be for Vancouver. Honestly, I think, I think what yeah. you're seeing with Alexiak is what Vancouver fans were hoping um, uh, uh, that uh, Triamkin could have been for them. And, um, and I look at Dallas, the thing that I like the most about Dallas's game game one is 
unlike the kind of the, the first few series where they really played really stingy defense, they really took it to Tampa Bay. I think they, they recognize that if they kind of just sit back and play that Tampa Bay will get, get momentum. So they are just driving the play up the ice. Heiskin is driving the play. Klingberg's driving play. Yeah. And it's forcing Tampa Bay out of their rhythm, out of their, um, you know, out of, out of how they play. And I think that it's, uh, you know, the least way I watched it, I'm much happier with that sort of um, a play from the, uh, from the Dallas stars, because at least it's a little more entertaining than the last few series, last few series from them have just been just horrible to watch. Absolutely horrible. Yeah. And that, that's a good sign to me for the future too, because I don't want it to be where, you know, how most of the time teams kind of start playing like the Stanley cup champions. And I don't want to see that defensive style, you know, going through the league again. And if they play like that for the rest and, you know, teams, okay, we don't have to be that defensive minded team. You got to actually push the pace to win games, especially against a team like Tampa Bay. Like you said, you've got to push the pace against them or you will lose. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think that's a really good point. And, and it's um, absolutely crazy that, um, uh, that how healthy, the Dallas stars are compared mm-hmm. to every other team. I mean, every other team, the avalanche, Vancouver, um, the Islanders, even we see the lightning, there was, t- you know, all these teams have suffered like just the in- major injuries to major players on their teams. And what injury has Dallas suffered? Honestly, I, I mean, they probably have suffered one or two, but really what have they suffered? Who's, who's been injured? Yeah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know it's anyone really. And, and, and so again, Maybe Ben just Bishop. Goes, yeah. Yeah. Ben Bishop. But, but, you know, like, look at, look at, um, you know, that we know that the lightning are playing banged up, but I mean, Stamkos can't even get in the lineup. No. So I think, I think it just shows full well how, how much health is as determining a factor, if not the most important factor in winning a, a Stanley cup um, than any other factor. And, and, you know, it's, it's, again, they, they're just leaning on, on, on the Tampa Bay lightning and they just, the lightning have no rate, at least through one game, they have no answer whatsoever. Yeah, that's true. And we'll see how Tampa Bay uh, bounces back and, and uh, it's going to be an interesting series. I think Uh, if, like you said, if it becomes that Dallas just shows off their size and speed and stuff, I think, uh, yeah, Dallas is going to be running away with this series, which, I didn't think. I thought Tampa Bay was going to win this series, but uh, yeah, oh, wow. it's, it's different. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think I picked. I think if I remember right, I picked Dallas in in five. But boy, it right now it's looking like four. I, I just yeah. don't see. I just don't see um, the Lightning being able to get anything through that defense. And when they do. Hudobin with his oversized goalie. By the way, I don't know how those are legal. I know, really, no, I don't. No. I don't know how those are legal. I don't know. I haven't seen any other goalie with those types. I mean, it looks like Garth Snow back there. Remember when Garth Snow put the yeah, uh, yeah. plywood on his shoulders? <laughs> you know, like he looks like he's put like an extra an extra um, down pillow in his uh, in his goalie chest right now. I mean, he's just it's just it's ridiculous. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, it's pretty insane. So I, it's going to be, like I said before, I think it's going to be interesting to see how Dallas deals with their goaltending in the offseason too because I I don't know. You don't – Bishop's the starter in salary-wise, but Hudobin had a pretty crazy regular season and he's having a, a ridiculous playoff. So I think yeah. you, you move Bishop and – and keep him. Yeah, but who 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 are you going to move him to, and who's going to take There's him? I mean that that only helps. Yeah. That only helps. It only helps. It, it just dilutes the the goalie market even more, right? So, um, but that's an interesting interesting take on it. Do you do you want to take on that contract? Do you want a goalie of, of Ben Bishop's, who's who by the way has a history of not being able to perform? No offense, yeah. but I know he got to the final once, but really, I don't know. Yeah, it's. It's another wrinkle again <laughs> to be put yeah, into that yeah. uh, that market because it's hard to say. You know, Dallas is who they who they kind of look at, and Hudon's been the guy throughout the playoffs here, and it's looking like he, you know, and Bishop's lost that starting job. And oh, for sure, yes. 
it's going to be uh, something that they're going to. They may not be able to move them though. It's entirely possible they may not be able to move them, right? So you know who who's going to want to take them on, and what do you get back, and do you give up a pick for them, that sort of thing. So yeah, no, uh, it's not not sure, but uh, yeah, through game one, boy, the the All Stars looked um, just they looked ready to 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 take the take the trophy and walk away last night. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it how it plays out. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's off season in most markets and uh, Stanley Cup. I haven't really watched a lot of the games, admittedly, because um, I may may watch the last few to see how it goes. But um, we'll see how how everything goes on. Uh, a lot of discussion for sure, and we'll be here talking about it. And uh, it's it's been a great episode. Yeah, love it. Yeah, love your team. Um, yeah, we we've got some great uh, great stuff coming up, and gonna try. Oh, we do have not try. We do have uh, Sam from uh, Rob Fay Nation and uh, Area Fifty One broadcast. The, the broadcast. So it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be great to have her on the show uh, next next episode. And uh, yeah, I'm yeah, really I'm really great. excited about it. She's she's a uh, she's one of the smartest. Uh, has one of the smartest hockey minds I've I've I've. Uh, listen to and i'm really excited to hear her take on her canucks team uh next next episode yeah so look forward to that and uh again we're part of the hockey writers podcast network as well and we're on uh episode 27 as now so it's it's getting up there and uh thanks everyone for listening to us and uh talk about the canucks and we'll be having some some great guests again coming down the line i've got some feelers out there uh, hoping to get some Canucks prospects on the, on the program here. So uh, we'll see how that all plays out as we go down the road. Nice. Love it. Go Canucks go. Right. Go Canucks go. Babe.